What's up, my Impact Theory family? It's Tom Bilyeu, and I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to you guys, our incredible listeners. Your support, your feedback, your unwavering commitment to your own growth inspires and drives us every day. And I want you guys to know how important you are to all of us here, especially me. And for those voracious listeners, you know who you are, I've got something really exciting to share with you. If you're truly dedicated to achieving greatness, check out the Extra Impact subscription channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts and Supercast. With the Extra Impact subscription, you'll get all new episodes delivered ad-free, exclusive access to bonus content, including keynote speeches, AMAs, weekly motivation, and previously unreleased episodes. And you'll also have subscriber-only access to five additional podcast playlists with hundreds of archived Impact Theory episodes curated into themes to help you streamline your transformation journey. So if you're ready to take your personal growth journey to the next level, head over to Apple Podcasts, Supercast, or check the links in the show notes and subscribe to the Extra Impact subscription. It's your key to unlocking the greatness within you. Thank you guys again so much for being a part of this incredible community. Remember, the world needs more people that have come alive, double down on your own improvement, and you will be shocked at how far you can go. All right, until next time, my friends, be legendary. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Every generation thinks that they've got it worse than the one before them, and this generation is no different. But this generation really might be in a rough spot. I've got a growing thesis on what I think is happening, especially to men. I think masculinity as a brand, that's probably the right way to think about it, is in crisis, and that's having a huge knock-on effect for young men. I've been thinking a lot about this topic, and today I'm joined by Justin Waller, one of the people young men today are flocking to for a vision of what it means to be a man. Justin is an experienced entrepreneur who built a steel building construction company from scratch and has also become a lightning rod online personality known for often controversial takes on modern masculinity. We certainly did not see eye to eye on everything, but I found Justin to be sincere in his desire to help people and I really enjoyed my conversation with him. We didn't always agree on what path leads to a truly evolved man, but that's part of what keeps these talks interesting. I'll be really interested to see what you guys think about this episode in general and specifically this topic. And if you agree with me that there really is something going on in culture now that needs to be lovingly nudged in a new direction. And speaking of new directions, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the ad-free feed of Impact Theory on Apple Podcasts. You'll even get access to curated playlists and additional bonus content you won't find anywhere else. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts. 
This is Tom Bilyeu, and now I bring you Justin Waller. I'm not an advocate for porn, but the one thing porn did do is show the average man what a really beautiful woman looks like naked. A woman can put her ass on Instagram and make more money than the man that built the road to get to where we're going. I think that's a big issue with society, and I think that's men's fault. Just be the best man you can be, because if you can become that man, you now have the opportunity to be able to act like a gentleman and not have to do things to manipulate other people. You're just that guy. I think that there is something very wrong with masculinity. I think that there is what I'll call societal decay. I think something is going wrong. One, I'd love to know if you agree. And if you do, what precisely do you think is the problem with modern masculinity? I think there's a lot of things involved. I think social media is a big part of it. What is it about social media? So I I think in a lot of ways, if you were looking to any man, that wants to have a good life, he needs to be appreciated. And so, for example, I have a lot of guys that work for me in a steel company. Well, one thing that I'm constantly challenged with is that guy, even though he's great at what he does, even though he's building America, even though he's doing things that makes the world go round, nobody appreciates him for it because when he goes on Facebook or Instagram, he sees a 21 year old that caught a crypto pump or did Amazon drop shipping, driving a Lambo in Dubai. And I think that's a really big problem for what men. What causes that problem though? That feels more to me like it is a consequence of something that we need to establish is what should a man derive his worth from? Money, women, cars. That's not going to do it for you ever, ever, ever. It's going to be you meeting the expectation you have for yourself as a man. So at, you envision this man that you're going to become. And I think most people do that from an early age. They see something they want, an avatar, something they want to do, and they want to go become that person. And I believe the formula for happiness and fulfillment is the gap between your expectation of who you become and your reality. And so a lot of guys are not meeting that expectation for themselves. And I think it's harder and harder to do that, particularly in a world where we've gone off the gold standard. A man can't just have a job and support a family and be the man of the house anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with families now. I want to make sure that we're careful to piece together exactly the argument here. So when I say that we have societal decay and it's tied to masculinity, is that, are we in agreement with that? hundred percent. Okay. So then as we begin to tease apart, what does that mean? The first thing you went to was men are, they're not being appreciated. Social media sort of blasts that out. You see all these images, not of hardworking blue collar. I'm putting that word in your mouth, but sort of hands in the dirt, doing something hard. That's no longer being celebrated. Instead, it's the crypto pump, whatever. That, and I say this a lot, is that a woman can put her ass on Instagram and make more money than the man that built the road to get to where we're going. I think that's a big issue with society. And I think that's men's fault. I think this whole thing is is actually the fault of weak men. Okay, so why is putting your ass on Instagram a problem? Because in a lot of ways, how is a man ever going to be able to be with a woman that is showing herself all over the internet and still garner her respect if he doesn't shut it down? Okay, let's really answer that question. So Um, garnering her respect does not feel like there would be any problem if your girl is, I'm assuming we're talking OnlyFans here. Uh, So your girl has an OnlyFans account. She's putting her ass out there. She has been given a gift from God or she's working on it and she's in incredible shape and men are responding. And in many cases, she's going to make more money than the average guy. Which is fine. What I don't understand is, well, not true. Yeah, I would argue that it's not fine for their dynamic, probably. Okay, so... 
the base assumption that I hear you say is that their dynamic will not be successful and we'll need to define success in a second, but their dynamic will not be successful. She will not be able to, she won't be able to respect him. Is that where you're going? Because she earns more money. She's in. Yeah. I think, I think in most cases when the woman makes more than the man, then, then there's a bit of an issue. Okay. And you see it quite a bit. I don't think, I don't think that's a, a crazy statement. It's interesting. I don't think it's a crazy statement, but there's a follow on statement, which is, but what's the alternative? Because you, I, I live by a motto, never ask someone to slow down so that you can lead. I so, agree. I agree with that completely. And, and here's another thing. I don't judge those women on OnlyFans. I, I think in the past, I might've put a light out there that I do. Actually, I don't because in my opinion, there's not enough strong men out there that could lead a woman for all of the women that probably make money on OnlyFans to find somebody they can look up to. I do think that's very important in a relationship dynamic that, that the woman does look up to the man in some way. I do think that's very important. I think that's very primal as well. Do you think it's important that men look up to the women in some way? I think it's important that they love and respect them. You but know. not, there's a clear distinction for you between. There's a clear distinction who, who the leader is. Respect equals love, right? I'll take that in that you believe that. I do believe okay. that. I'd love for you to challenge it. I like, don't so know you don't yet, think if your woman doesn't respect you, she doesn't love you? I don't think I love, certainly I don't love everyone romantically that I respect. No, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. Like respect equals love in the sense that if a woman can't respect you, she's probably not going to love you. And as she starts, yes, and, and in many situations when a woman goes to leave, if she has lost respect for that man in some way, I do believe that. Yeah. Respect, I would say is necessary, but not sufficient for a long-term pair bond. Will you give me that? I'll give you anything. Okay. So, so that, but what that do you think is, is though? What do you think is though? Uh, what do I think is the whole cocktail? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is the cohesion that keeps a man and a woman together? So, and this is, we're now really jumping to right where I think my disconnect is with the, the God, I, what word red pill is what people are going to apply to yeah, you. I know, you I, seem I, to sidestep that. Like to, yeah, yeah. So what, like what word would you put on? your stance if you had to put it under an umbrella i believe the more strong men we build in this world the better for men and as a result the better for women okay so we'll call that instead of calling it red pill, we'll it, just it, say it's, it's like the jay waller philosophy or whatever yeah call it whatever you want it's just men have to understand that life is going to be difficult yep. they're going to have to fight their ass off to get in a position to be able to find a partner that looks up to them respects them they can lead a family and feel fulfillment and being the leader of that family i think that's mm -hmm. very natural for every man to want to be the leader of the household Yes. Okay. This is, this is a very complicated issue. Um, let's take things one at a time. So my bundle of things that I think make for a long-term relationship, and this is the one thing where I'll say, as we distill these down, I think this is the place where we're going to see where we don't agree. Cool. Let's do so it. So I think that nature from an evolutionary standpoint has ensured that you are half of a whole and that for you to manifest in your life, all of the success emotionally and um, in the tangible world of staying safe, being fed, all of that, uh, procreating, that you need to come together as a unit. Mm -hmm. And so now the question becomes, yep. what is the ideal unit and what is going to make sure that that unit stays safe and strong? So when I look at that, there is a neurological component to pair bonding. So um, Dr. Amen has done research on this fascinating guy. If people don't know who he is, look him up. He's a 
a neuroscientist that's done more brain scanning, I think, than anybody else. So he's been doing this for 20 plus years. Like and oxytocin and yeah, stuff so like that. Yeah, okay, so vasopressin, cool. oxytocin. Yep. And he was saying, I won't let someone date my daughter until I scan their brain and I see how receptive they are to those two compounds because they're the compounds that predict pair bonding. And I thought, ooh, that's really interesting. And I think is a key reason why, so I've been married for 21 years and why I think our marriage has been so successful. And she got with me when I was broke. It's hilarious that people accuse my wife of being a gold digger. Of course they do, bro. People on the internet, bro. So uh, she finds it funny and I find it hilarious. So uh, part of our reason, I think I'm a super responder. So for me, I really get something out of pair bonding. So when my wife and I got together, and by the way, she's the only woman I ever told I loved, not the only woman I've slept with, but the only woman I ever told I loved. So for me, it was like one shot, one kill. I knew exactly what I was looking for. When I found it, that was it, lock it up. So, and then the rest was, okay, do I know how to navigate this so that it gives me enough to be worth the sacrifice? But again, I'm, I'm coming at this from a, a, an evolutionary perspective of what is most likely to allow us to come together, to be safe in an ancestral environment where we're getting attacked left, right, and center, where our kids are hyper likely to die, where this is all really a dangerous endeavor. And so coming together and saying, are we making each other better? Am I a better version of myself with her than I would be without her? Is she a better version of herself with me than without me? And does she make me her number one? And this is where I think- I think that's a big one. Yeah, where we might see a schism between how we look at this. So I- I would never give up sex with other women if I didn't become my wife's number one and feel like the coolest person in the world has picked me to be like, yo, if you ever slip, I've got you. If you ever need to be pushed, I've got you. You never ever need help, a laugh, whatever. Somebody to see you, celebrate you, cheer you on, whatever. Like, I got you. That is the only thing that I have ever found that makes the other sacrifices, which is not just sex, but that's a big one, especially for guys, has made that worth it. Can I ask you a question on the I got you thing? Please. The support, the cheering you on, that that's awesome stuff, right? What about when you're down? Do you call your wife or do you call your guy friends? My wife, 100%. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a brotherhood where you could call people outside of your wife? Yes, but I understand the position. It's not a diss either. It's a genuine question. Whatever is true is true. I have no beef whatsoever. Um, No, I would say that is is outside. I have had that. So my previous business was with two other guys and it was always very clear to me that the brotherhood was far more important than the money and all that. So I know what it is and I love it. But that, that to me is a very important part of what I think is broken. I think that men are not being held to a, a exacting standard. I think that's a big part of the problem. You're, Can you expand on exacting standard? I can, but I don't want to deviate too much from you. So that's sort of my, <laughs> that that's my rough nest of things mm-hmm. where a relationship can be can be worth all the sacrifices you will make for it and turn you into something better than you would be on your own. But the price it demands is that you be the other person's number one and you make them your number one. Um, What is your basket of goods that you think make that relationship worthwhile or not? Well, actually, everything you just said, I'm completely in line with. Now, I wouldn't take my problems, let's say, to my wife because... 
I believe there's a really important part of the male and female dynamic where you're, you get to be the hero. You get to be the one saving the day. You get to be the one solving all the problems, especially in a world full of men that are very feminized. Not to say that you are, but I believe that men are more feminized now than they've ever been. And in the counter opposite direction with the female, like let's say feminism, women are going in the direction of more masculinity. Men are being more feminine and women are like, where are the men? And it's been my experience for women I've either dated or seen or even even at home. Hey, listen, I really like the fact that you take the lead, you take the masculine role and allow me to be feminine. In fact, I would even go as far as to say is that the smartest, strongest young women today are the ones that actually are okay with hearing the noise from the world and choose to be feminine and like and enjoy it. Maybe want to become a mother, which is something that's growing more and more unpopular or getting pushed back against an unrealistic time frame that they have. So I do like the idea of being the hero and not bringing problems home or to someone that would have to worry because I'm supposed to be the one solving those problems. This said, as a father or as somebody that's putting information on the internet, all I want to do is a few things. I want to educate people on, or my children, let's just say my children, on how the world works, give them the tools it takes to navigate through that world and put themselves in a position where they have choice. Outside of that, I don't want anything for anyone else but choice. And that's from, you know, guests that you've had on. Let's say, let's say, uh, Destiny, you had Destiny on, right? I got no issue with that guy. If that guy's happy and he's truly at peace with himself, even if he hated me, bro, I got nothing but love for him because all I want to see people have in their life is, is choice and happiness. And only you can decide that. So, um, I think there's a way to make that happen. You obviously think there's a way to make that happen. Destiny thinks there's a way, there's a way to make that happen. I'm almost certain that those three ways are all completely, well, not completely different, but different in some regards. But I don't think that's what solves for correct. I think what solves correct is if you're happy and you're fulfilled in that relationship. And that's it. Do you think that there is anything um, preordained about what's going to make people happy and fulfilled? Yeah, I think appreciation for a man is one thing. I think men want to be appreciated. I really do. I think it's their job to go earn that appreciation. And I think women want to feel protected and loved and cared for fully. And they want to know that they have a position with that man where he is going to take care of them forever, or he is going to put all of his efforts into taking care. And he gets fulfillment from it. I get a lot of fulfillment from taking care of my family. I love it. My little girls are spoiled for anything they want. You know, and that I have heard you say you would not simp for your daughters, though. I won't. Now, I'm glad you said that. So when they become 14, if they hear the wrong tweet or they want to start coming at me with the heat, I'll quickly remind them who pays the fucking bills. I'm not going to I'm not going to simp for them. It's just not that time yet. Right now, I want to love them. I want to know they have a father at home. I want them. They see me a lot. I was just telling you before the show, I I imagine that I spend more hours with my kids than the average man. Because I'll come home for a week at a time, two weeks at a time and stay with them all day. I see them quite a bit. I, I very much enjoy it. And um, when the time comes, you know, the teenage years, if they want to get fresh with me, they will quickly find out that um, dad's not going to play. That's it. Now, I, I, in fact, I kind of look forward to kind of setting that frame with them. I think it's going to be important. Okay. I want to talk about that. So even your energy changes when you oh. talk about that, like you yeah. imagine them 14 coming yeah. with the heat, yeah. uh, your energy changed. So yeah. that moment I think is a very important moment. I think it's also very misunderstood and can create, can create problems for sure in a marriage could potentially create problems with, with the kids. kids, whatever. 
so why is that? I'm sorry, which, which thing? The, the change in energy. So I'll give you okay, an example. Cool. Um, my, my path was going from weak to strong. And I got into business and I was weak. And through the crucible of a brotherhood and the free market, yeah. I had to get hard. Now, I spent a lot of years in a very uh, intense, I'll be generous, a very intense environment. And it was exactly what I needed. And it hardened me and made me far more capable than I ever was before. And it was incredible and I would never take it back. But as soon as I then branched out and started a company on my own, I was like, okay, I'm not doing that because it breaks almost everyone that it touches. And I used to think about it like the inner city and the inner city breaks the vast majority of people that it touches, but you get a few people that have to get so tough to overcome that, that they overshoot and they do just unbelievably amazing things. But the vast majority of people get destroyed by it. I feel that way about construction. I can imagine. I really do. Yeah. So getting tough, very important. I'm sure we will explore that more. However, in the tougher I got, the harder it was for my wife. And the only way she knew how to articulate the problem was, I want my husband back. And that was very disorienting for me because I was proud of who I'd become, but she, now I ultimately figure out what she was trying to communicate and I'll explain it in a second, but that was very weird. The more proud I became of myself, the harder time she had in our marriage. And I was like, well, that's weird. And so she just kept saying, I want my husband back. I want my husband back. I want my husband back. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I am your husband. This is me. So are you saying you want something other than who I have become? So anyway, I finally realized what she's looking for is for me to broadcast and receive love. Meaning I can, to use your language, I can hold a frame, but I don't have to be, I don't have to shift into an aggressive mode. Now I do, and it feels good and I love it. But ultimately, communication isn't what you intend, it's what's yeah. heard. And so- well, and it also is how you make people feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you navigate that moment where you go from, because the- the Yeah, maybe I gave you the wrong impression. I, I think when I talk about my girls, my, I get a little fired up, you know? It means something no, to please. me. So that's- just, I think this, this thing is, the, the transition of energy is exactly what makes- you uniquely interesting, right? You're mm-hmm. part of the, for people that don't know, you're part of the um, Andrew Tate small group of people, but you have a very different vibe. Yeah. Uh, but if you think of that sort of energy as a spectrum and you've got Andrew Tate, at least publicly, is only ever on aggression yeah, in yeah, your yeah. face. I want to be as sensational yeah. and inflammatory as humanly possible. Right. And guilty or innocent, like <laughs> he he creates a frame that is not surprising at all that he brings a lot of animosity in his direction. You are able to move between there are times where I'm going to be intense and there are times where I'm going to be jovial and sweet and a gentleman. You've got a whole thing. I'm sure we'll talk about it, about what being a gentleman means and all that. But that moment of shifting your energy, I want to better understand what, what that means, why, like, when you think about your daughters coming to you at 14, do you really want to bring the smoke or is it like, you oh, want it won't to be smoke at all. I think, them? I think, I think I might've shown you energy from passion. Anytime I get passion, I, if you'd asked me a business question, 
And I would have been talking about my guys. I would have said the same thing. Mm. But I wouldn't handle the situation any different with my – we're not much different with my daughter than I would an employee. I'd move any table out of the way. I'd sit with her or him knee to knee and say, hey, listen, I see this, this, and this, and here's where I think that this is going to either hurt you or hinder your situation. Here's why. I love you with all my heart. I'm not a yeller. I don't yell at my people. I certainly won't yell at my children. Would never yell at a woman. So – what I'm saying is, is that, yes, I'll get fired up on the subject, but if it came down to me and you talking about something that was really, really critical or me and my daughter or me and an employee or me and Andrew, mm. I would be very much just present in that moment with them because I feel like if you start yelling at someone, they can no longer hear you. And so one thing I like to do is like just sit there knee to knee and be in their space and just be present in the moment and just tell them how I'm feeling. I won't get much higher than this. In fact, I'll probably be a little lower than this. I don't, I don't think people can hear you when you yell at them or when you get over overly aggressive. So I might've made that mistake earlier in my twenties, but generally now I'm not raising my voice. Mm. No, not at all. What's the role of aggression? I, and I asked that in the context of, I really want to know what is young men listening to this. They need a target to aim at. They need to know what the ideal man looks like. Does aggression play a role in that? Only when it needs to. I believe the definition of a man is someone that can slit a throat and hold a baby in the same day. I really do. I think that you have to have the entire spectrum in all areas. And I only find it necessary to be aggressive when you're protecting. Other than that, I think that you can love people through things and have conversations. I've fired people. That I told them I love them, but they got to go because I'd already set them down and say, hey, look, man, I brought you here. I believe in you. I really want you to make me right. But you're doing this, this and this, and you can't do this on job site. Maybe it's substance or maybe it's something that's mm -hmm. a safety issue. So please prove me right, man, because I believe in you. Pull them in a month later. Hey, man, I love you, but this isn't going to work. We all work for this company and I have to protect the other families. You have to go hug them, let them go. That's it. And so I don't, I don't see the, I don't see a particular need to get overly aggressive with anyone in any situation, even a physical altercation. I'm not a yeller. I'll just throw the first jab cross like, cause I, and I don't even want to, you know, but there, there are times for aggression, but this outward projection of aggression, I'm never going to be good at. I'm never going to be good at being Andrew Tate ever where we align on very, very many things. And we have a lot of the same beliefs and he is absolutely wonderful in person. And you'd be shocked. But I'll never be able to be him the way he is online, you know, in any way. And I, I, I could not even attempt to try, you know, it's just not in me. Um, he has something that I don't in that way. It, like as far as being an orator or being a person that, that talks in certain ways, I'll never be able to do that and, and don't wish to, because I think that my place in our group and what we're trying to accomplish together, which is to help young men all over the world, there's a place for me in that. And it's not being Andrew. It's being Justin and that's all I can be anyway. So it doesn't matter. So what is the ideal that you want to see young men or old men for that matter strive towards? I want young men to take accountability. I want them to understand the world, look at what it will take to create the competencies to give them choice. It's no different from before. I want young men to have choice. I say, if I were to have a son and he were to be gay, I would be completely cool with that. My, my concern is like, okay, if, if this is how you feel, that's fine. I love you with all my heart. Need to need conversation, right? 
However, you're going to deal with this, this, and this. Let me show you how to, how I think you can best handle it and then put yourself in a position to have choice so you can live your life on your own terms. And that's all I want for any young man, straight, gay, liberal, Republican, anything. Like I love people truly. I have it in me. It's not, it's going to come off of me. I can't help it. In fact, I would even go as far to say as like my first year and a half online, I was just put in these positions where I couldn't show a side of me that was actually in there. It's always these arguing, the, the part that really loves people, the part that's not really judging anybody, the part that wants to understand and help that part. I don't, I don't really have much hate or aggression in my heart. Really? I only fight when I have to, I only defend and get aggressive when it's somebody else. And for the most part, people's words don't hurt me. I had a clip that went viral. It wasn't even my clip. It was a clip that went viral on a dating show, 25 million. And I was just getting hate because it was a, it was a Christian lady. And somebody asked me about it on one of my podcasts and they gave me a layup to shit on her. And I just refused to do it because I like a lot of things that lady says. And I think if I were to meet that woman outside of that context, we would get along just fine. And for that reason, I just don't see the need to hate on anybody. I want to create a situation in my life and on my platforms where I'm enough for myself and anybody that wants to follow me can. Anybody that doesn't, that's okay. And I want people to live their life that way because I feel like there's a big push in the world to either guilt or shame men into doing things that society wants. And I don't think that's the right way to go at all. What does society want? Society want, I believe society wants men to be weak. I think they want to be fat. I think they want to be submissive to their wives and in, in the community in the way that maybe they don't want to go. And I think that's why Andrew is so popular. I think there's a world full of, there's no, there's no superheroes anymore, man. I was sitting at Andrew's house the other day and this kid sent me a poster of me and Andrew on the wall and I flipped over and I showed Andrew, I said, you know, this used to be Rambo. And he goes, I know it's fucking crazy. So I believe that young men are dis disenfranchised with the direction that society is trying to take them, particularly in the West. And I think that they're fighting against it and maybe even over, maybe the red pill space is overcorrecting. I'm not crazy about being called a red pillar. I'm really not bro. No, no, I get it. I'm really fucking not. Um, but I do believe that there's times where the red pill space, when the world's dragging people in this direction and the red spill and the red pills taking them to an extreme, mm. hopefully my hope, my genuine hope is that they fall in the middle and they can be a gentleman or they can be a father and they don't hate women. I certainly don't hate women at all. And that's one thing that I think the red pill space will probably like try to promote. Maybe there's a little peacocking. There's things that are wrong in the space, but I think on the average, all they're doing is counteracting what society is making them in there and they're hopefully falling in the middle if they have a brain, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't, you know, uh, I heard destiny say on, on y'all show that if you were to measure most red pill content followers brains, that it would be small. I don't think that's true. I just think those young men want to answer and they need somebody strong to look up to. And when they look up now, you know, their superheroes are homosexual or, or feminine or whatever. And, and they don't buy it. And uh, why, why doesn't that work or why is that bad? For young men, yep. I think that they're disenfranchised with being suppressed as m- males in that they want to grow up and they want to do these great things and they want to be strong and they want to be capable. And, and the same thing with Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson created the same movement in a much different way. Mm. And I just think that young men are, are tired of, of being asked to not be men. 
Okay. So, and that's hard to argue with, man. Um, I can give you the argument Please. for it. It, it is not one that I necessarily agree with, but so before I do that, what I, I really want to understand, um, every, every time somebody puts forth a, like, this is how I think things should be or whatever they yeah. put forth a hypothesis. So your hypothesis is that men are, um, they're not given a vision of what they could be. So I think and that they have a true nature is what I, I think, think they have a true nature and, and it's getting suppressed there and they go. want to be something else. Okay. So men have a nature. What is that nature? That nature is to conquer, to get as much, build up as much as they can, become the greatest man. They build can up be. what? Everything in their life. They want to, I think truly men want to be in abundance of resources. They want to have abundance of choice with women. They want to have children. They want to have people that look up to them. They want to feel appreciated, all of these things. And I think those things are by and largely getting suppressed. Okay. Particularly even, even in the school system. In what way does the school system suppress that? I don't feel like curriculums are made for little boys. I think they're made for mostly little. I think girls do better in school than boys. And I think that boys don't want to sit still. I think they want to go outside. I think they want to explore. I think they want to build things. And so when a little boy sits in a classroom and he's told to be quiet or to sit still for hours on end, he's not going to be successful. Even me, myself, I failed sixth grade. I was labeled a 504 student. I got put on Ritalin. I didn't read all that well. And so that made me feel like I was failing from the jump. Mm. Well, jokes on them. Like I substantially make money, more money than all of my teachers put together every year. It, it's just, I think that the world, particularly little boys have had enough of being suppressed and let down. And so that's why guys like Peterson and Tate do so well. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you've got a lot of great ideas inside of you that could literally change the world, but you're keeping them locked away out of doubt or fear of failure, please listen up. Within you is a unique blend of ideas, dreams, and passions that no one else possesses, and it's time to take action on them and put them out into the world with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it simple and straightforward to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell your ideas with their all-in-one website platform. Easily customize Squarespace templates so your website stands out and makes an impact. And get insights into your website and email performance with built-in analytics so you can be constantly improving your site, sales, and strategies to reach your goals. And I hope those goals are aggressive. I'm telling you guys, you can take action today, not next week or next month or next quarter, today. And get your ideas out there with Squarespace. That's how you get into the physics of progress and get better. So head over right now to squarespace.com slash impact for a free 14-day trial and 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash impact. Please do not die with these ideas inside of you. Get out there, put them to the test. Go to squarespace.com slash impact. Whenever somebody asks me my tips for scaling a business, I always tell them focus on efficiency because if you don't, you're going to waste a lot of time and money spinning your wheels instead of making smart choices that will lead you to actually being able to grow. That's why I recommend you check out Shopify, which has everything you need to efficiently grow your business and take it to the next level. 
Every time I talk about Shopify, I'm so jealous that you guys have this all-in-one ready solution at your fingertips. It is so helpful. Shopify is a global commerce platform that makes it easy to sell online and in person at any and every stage of your business. Literally, wherever, whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered just like the millions of businesses that rely on them every day. And Shopify's award-winning customer support is there to help you every step of the way. Plus, you get access to Shopify Magic, the AI-powered tool that will save you so much time and give you a huge leg up in growing your business. And with Shopify's super-efficient checkout process, which performs 36% better than competitors, you are primed for more sales just by using Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Okay, very interesting. I want to I want to really Please put a fine point. Uh, do I disagree with anything that you've said? Not yet. We may disagree in the particulars, but I do want to make sure that we we answer the question. If So one thing I disagree with, I don't think there is a problem at all if the superhero that's presented to kids is gay. That doesn't matter to me in the slightest. I think I think that people are tired of getting things pushed in their face. I don't personally this care either. This is why I think there is there's something that marries these two ideas yeah. of the Little Mermaid being black, race-swapped, and give, being given gay superheroes. I'm going to articulate what it feels like from this side of the table, but let me sure, know where I go do. wrong. Because so, I love both groups. Got none against any any ethnic group or homosexual people. In mm. fact, I have a super good reason why I like gay guys, but go ahead. Give it to me. Bro, imagine this. You're in a room. There's five guys in the room. One of those guys is gay. And there's there's one girl that's pretty and everybody wants a girl. He's going to be the best dressed, sharpest. He's probably going to be in the best shape and he's going to take one with him. So it's me against three other bombs to try to get, I love a gay guy. Reason number two, I love a gay guy is that if you get on his team, he is the best ally on the planet as a wingman. So I got nothing but love for him. Enjoy your month, homie. Yeah. And I've had a bunch of close friends that are gay, really good to me too. I had a banker that was my banker for 10 years at Chase Bank. Really helped me through some hard times, helped me move money, all kinds of things. And, and like, we would go eat lunch and dinner and he'd hit on me. I'm like, bro, shut up. And it was like this joke. I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. He goes, oh, please. Like, it's like, it's just like guys don't really care. And I don't think people care about race and, and, and gender or excuse me, the sexual preference preference as much as the world says. Mm. And I think that's the issue is that it gets pushed in people's face anyway, when nobody really cares anymore. Okay, so uh, the social engineering thing will set aside do it. at least on that part. Yep. But I do want to get a better understanding of, okay, uh, you said society wants men weak. Um, why would they want to make them weak, effeminate? Do you think is so this they'll like comply. conspiracy land? So they'll comply. Okay. You want to take over a country, right? 
who are you going to attack? You're going to attack the fighting age males or are you going to tr- attack the women, the children, and the old people and get them thinking that way and then create pressures on the men and just let it blow up from the inside out? Don't you think that's what's happening to America right now? No. What do you think is happening? So I have a very bad feeling that this is what happens when nobody's being chased by a lion. I think Jordan Peterson, so this is something I'm thinking through now. So everyone forgive me if six months from now, I have a totally different take. I watched Jordan Peterson go on his dad arc and I was really excited about it. It was amazing. And I think he helped a lot of people. I know a lot of people hate him. I think he did unimaginably good things for a lot of young men. And when he came back from his illness, he was like super religious. I did not understand the hard right turn. I was like, what is going on? And looking back on when he was the internet's dad, it was, he was really ahead of his time. And he was saying things that people hadn't said before. And so you had guys coming out of the woodwork saying, basically, thank you for holding me to a standard, which was what I was saying in the beginning. I think this is really a problem of nobody's being held to an exacting standard. And the reason they're not being held to an exacting standard is there is no immediate consequence to not being held to an exacting standard because nobody's being chased by a lion. So you're even, uh, you can't make ends meet. Like people can survive in Chicago homeless. What? Like you can survive a winter in Chicago because you get governmental support and all that. Now, that all of these things, when you isolate them, sound awesome. I would never want somebody who ends up being homeless not taken care of. And yet, as we get to the point where Thomas Jefferson had a quote, every, genera- every generation must pay for freedom in blood. And we don't do that anymore. And so we've now hit, if Eric Weinstein is right, there was a, a 70-year window of prosperity. That was amazing. But it's become deranged because... I don't think intentionally with when nobody has world war, famine, great depression, like none of that stuff is hammering people that all of a sudden we have to, and now I'll bring it back to Jordan Peterson. You've got young people who their final stage of development is a messianic complex. So you want to really go matter in the world, man, I really get that. But what happens when God is dead. It's not an effective way. It's not an effective organizing principle in society anymore because on mass, we just don't believe in it. It's a, it's folklore. It's a fairy tale. It's, it's not anything mm-hmm. real. Nietzsche called this back whenever he was alive. I forget what years. And that's really playing out now. So you have a world where things are easy. And so this is interesting. This is your idea of you want to give people choice and I get the way you mean it. So I'm going to use the same word, but I, I don't want to pretend I don't understand what you're talking about. But I think choice is the problem. I think that there are so few things that people have to do to stay alive that all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm not in a battle here for the the lives of our children. And so I don't have to be back to back with my wife where she also has a sword in her hand and I have a sword in mine. And look, I'm going to kill as many people as I can kill because that's my job. But hey, you better be ready if the shit hits the fan and you're the last line of defense, you better be swinging that sword. And so that's my vision of how men and women have worked historically. And yes, huge division of labor, all of that, we can go down that rabbit hole. For now, just that's how I yeah. think about it. They're, they're back to back, bringing what they each bring to the table to ensure the survival into the next generation. So you have a world where you have everybody passing through the need to have their messianic moment where they can help save the world. But because they're aren't those immediate impending dooms, we start latching on to things which are hugely important, but they don't have that kind of immediacy. And so now it becomes, oh God, you start 
going on like literal crusades, make whatever change you have to make, spend trillions of dollars, depopulate the earth for um, the climate. The climate is a problem. The climate must be addressed. But when it becomes your messianic moment, then I think the solutions become pathologized and are no longer in the realm. When you want to make sure that gay people are celebrated and venerated as well as anybody else, but that's your messianic moment, then now all of a sudden it pushes out so far that it we're to the point where we're not even protecting kids. We're saying that, okay. Same thing. Yeah. So People I, are having enough of this. I, I'm not even worried about people having enough. What I'm saying is, is it pathological or not? Because if it isn't pathological and it is real progress, then people need to reorient. And so Agreed. every movement Agreed. needs a North Star. I think there is only one right North Star. I think it is absolute and I think it, it should apply to everybody. And that is, does this action increase human flourishing and decrease human suffering at the widest yeah. possible scale? If yes, do it. If no, don't do it. Now you get into complexities about, okay, how do we wait future lives versus contemporary lives. Anyway, we, we will rapidly get way too far off. So th <laughs> this is what I think is the problem. Yeah, Everyone needs their Messiah moment. Like we need it. We need to matter. We need to feel like we have contributed meaningfully that's what to I meant the by world appreciation. some way, 100%, which yep. we'll get to that because I've got a whole thing about appreciation. Yep. The number of times I've tried to get my wife to understand, all you have to do, you can manipulate me to the ends of the earth. I will do anything you want. Just fucking appreciate me. Just make me feel appreciated. Yes. Anyway, we'll get to that. But that ties so, into what you're talking about. Brother, 100%. Yeah. So, but right now, my the the thing I think is is a problem. I do not think there's a master plan. I think we've made I things agree, so actually. good. I think it's just fucked. Yeah, we've made things so good that now all of a sudden things are breaking down because we have these evolutionary drives right. to fight, to matter, to be messiahs. I don't mean that literally, but th that that yeah. impulse to really save people, yeah. to really contribute, to really help. But there's there's no one to fight anymore. There's so anyway, it it just there's pathology on both sides. It's what I really want people to understand. So what do you think? You think it's just because we're in this whole good times, strong men, strong men, weak times, that whole, that, that you is think a, we're in that cycle? Yes, it's, it's a very simple yeah, way. It's yeah. probably overly simplistic, yeah. but it certainly gets people in the right direction. But more important to me is, okay, then what do we do about it? So yeah. that's where I really want to understand, like, the ideal you've laid out of what you want men to strive towards, what young men should be doing. Um, but as we actually then put that in a modern context, what does it look like? What is your North Star? Off camera, you and I were talking. In fact, yep. you brought it up earlier that if you're striving for money and things, it won't work. It, it won't work, but you should do it. And you so, do how it. do you yeah. get people to understand that? I have a lot of money and yet I'm still pursuing more money and right. unabashedly so, but I, right. I understand what money is. And so how do you help as, as the more nuanced of the, uh, tribe, the, uh, I wouldn't the say elder so. statesman yeah. of the, yeah, the would, red pill here, I wouldn't say that. uh, I would. So whether you're the most nuanced, totally different question, but as the more nuanced, um, how do we bring this into the real world? How do we, how do we give young men a map out of a world where I think they have too many choices because they're not truly under threat and they're making the easy choice at every turn. Right. And in conjunction with things like chemical exposure, which I do think microplastics play a bigger role in all this. And I want to imagine, yeah, man. uh, 
in in that, that sort of whole thing, yeah. how do we help them find a path out? Cool. So we have to start with the fact that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You have to accept that, right? From there, there are things that we're obviously constantly promoting that they avoid. Drugs, porn, you know, chasing women. As much as as much attention as as let's say me and Andrew and Tristan get for chasing women, I, I cannot tell you how much I disencourage young men to chase women. I Why? often say, give up your twenties, becoming the best man you can possibly be. Women will see that they'll jump in front of you. I don't believe in game. I've never taken a game course. I've never taught anybody how to pick up a girl. In fact, I would not even say I have very good game. I think I got really good signals, but that's all predecessed from the work I did to become the best man I can be. Signals of what? Signals. So Instagram. Oh, he has a good lifestyle. He travels muscles he's done well for himself other men respect him i think those are good signals that's that not you would be a good mate that i would be a good mate and i think that's very primal if you look in the animal kingdom there's many many animals that do dances or create certain or have colors and all these other things why did indians have feathers so so the women knew who could hunt and who couldn't what tent to get in right um i very non-apologetically feel that way i do think that's very real and i think it's very primal uh do i think it'll make you happy i absolutely do not what makes a young man happy or what has always made me happy is working on the man that I'm going to become. I often talk about this thing I have called the rocking chair test, where I have this relationship with the older version of myself where he can no longer go out and live and work. And he's just sitting on a rocking chair, smoking a cigar, drinking coffee, and he's looking back. And I keep this, this thing in my phone, a folder where I speak to him and I tell him, Hey, I'm scared of this. I'm doing, I'm doing uh, four mobile home parks right now. I'm in due diligence. Hey, I'm a little bit scared. What if they're lying to me on the plumbing? Or what if, what if I have to do a MODAD system? And I'm constantly talking to him because my goal is to make the older version of me happy while I'm trying to become the man that I envision to be in my life. And to do that, you have to take care of things like fitness, money, style, understanding how to network, understanding how to create connection with another human. These are all the things that we're teaching people how to do. You're never going to go online and find an Andrew Tate course, how to text girls. You're never going to hear me talking about how to text girls, text girls like this, do this, or most importantly, how to manipulate girls. One thing that I cannot stand seeing is people teaching young men how to neg women. Oh, you're kind of okay. Or it's lame. Just be the best man you can be, because if you can become that man, you now have the opportunity to be able to act like a gentleman and not have to do things to manipulate other people. You're just that guy. And I think that we're trying to build young men that are that guy, even if it's not a Tate status, even if it's not a, a fresh or Myron status or a destiny status, maybe they're just a person that lives in a small town, has respect for people in the community, makes a couple hundred grand a year, which is a lot. Right. And, and they live a full fulfilled life where they can have all the things that they wanted and they worked hard to get it. So they really appreciate it. I don't believe in giving people compliments on something they didn't work hard for. If it's just something natural, because it won't mean anything to you. And so I feel the same way for young men. If they have to work for it, they understand life's going to be hard. They go through the struggles, just like you went through the struggles in your business to build your businesses. It wouldn't be as sweet if you didn't have the pain. And so I think what we need to do is, is tell young men that it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. You're going to get hit in the face. You're going to get broken. You might go bankrupt. But if you just keep fighting, you're going to be really proud of the man you become. And I don't think there's anything other than that that a young man needs to know. Okay. So what, what are the areas that you want to see that manifest in their life? So their physical body, yep. I think is number one, even more than money, particularly when you're young and, and your body is developing. I think your physical body is a big thing. Um, being able to communicate with other people 
and not getting overly aggressive. You know, uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, understanding finances is a really, really big thing that I think most people are undereducated in, in particular in the schools. If they could just understand how money works, they could have a better relationship with it, not be scared of it, be able to look at it, be able to actually use it as a tool because that's all money is right as a tool an opportunity for freedom and then understanding female nature, I think is very important. And there's a big divider for me between understanding female nature and learning game because I in no way ever want to make a young man think he needs to learn how to get women. He needs to be that guy and absorb the attention. And then from there, he has the proper masculine frame to retain the woman and have her respect him. And that's it. Okay. So what does absorb the attention mean? Yeah. So if you're doing everything right, let's say you're doing fitness, money, style, you're obviously respected in your space or your industry. You're, you're a person that garners respect. I believe that women see that and they're like, that's a good horse to bet on. And then you're going to get attention from women. And then you have abundance of choice of women. Notice I didn't say sleep with a bunch of women. A lot of people in the red pill space, they'll be like, oh, sleep with this many girls, blah, blah, blah. I do think that having sex with a woman changes the dynamic and that young men should experience different dynamics with women after they slept with them. But I don't have the set number in my mind. I just would like to see them have that experience. I think that they'll need that in the future, of course. Why? Why? I do think that when you sleep with a young woman that you're going to get a different response out of some women than others. Some women will never talk to you again. They'll be on a yacht tomorrow, say Miami, right? Some girls that means something too. And I think a young man needs to see that because ideally if I were to help him make his decision, he would put much more of a time and energy investment in the young woman that wants to have a family and wants to not sleep with a bunch of people. I don't think that promiscuity uh, for women is a good thing at all. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good for them. And is it a double standard? Yeah, I do think it's a double standard. Is it fair? No, sir. I don't, I don't think it's is fair. Is it a double standard brought to you by evolution or is it a double standard brought by, to you by I think it's, society? I think it's by evolution. A hundred percent. I think that, so you, I believe that men are wired to try to sleep with as many women as possible. And if they do that, they will have more what offspring. Yes. So is there, what's your North star? Is it fulfillment is choice. My, my North star is always going to be, that's it. Choice, choice. Look, who am I to tell now? Who am I I to tell good? Who am I to tell a young man what to do with his life? Uh, I I can tell nobody exactly. So, Hey, here's how the world works. Here's what it's going to take for you to put yourself in a position of choice. And then once you get the choice, I think you should be a good person. I think you should be kind to people. I think Mm -hmm. you should always tell the truth and be honest and be able to communicate with them. Okay. I can't tell you, I can't tell you whether to have two wives or 50 girlfriends or one wife or to live in a monastery. Yes, but you give a lot of advice. And I think the reason you give advice is you know that some steps make sense and other steps don't. And, but if I really have a hard time believing you actually optimize that you actually want people to optimize for choice. So I'll I'll ask a clarifying question and we'll know. So if somebody's life had more choices, but they ended up in screaming agony, uh, would you still say that they were better off because they have more choices? No. Okay. And that's a great point. So we're not, our North Star isn't choices. You just think choices is a step along a road to something else. What is that and something else? I'm going back to choice, man. 
Well, okay, so because some people are going to be degenerate no matter what. But you can't, you know we can't that think. you don't want somebody to end up in a scenario where they have all the choices in the world, but they're in screaming pain. Sure. Right? Sure. So if choice led to pain in their life, you'd say, oh, it's actually better to reduce choice. Right? I would. But Doesn't I that think mean your that, North Star then no, is. I believe that if you're taking care of your situation, let's say you're in a bad place and you're creating pain for yourself, mm -hmm. you should have the choice to change your atmosphere. Love that. I'm a very big believer in atmosphere. Like mm -hmm. let's say that I was- What do you get from changing your atmosphere? You put yourself in a different place. Have you, have you not gone from one place to another and felt completely different? I have. So yeah. I wanna be very clear so we don't argue yeah, yeah. about something stupid. Yeah. Um, I, I agree that choice is incredibly valuable in the way I feel about choice exactly the way I feel about money that you want as much choice as you can get, right. but it isn't the thing. So having choice will not make you feel good about yourself. So if you make wise choices, well, of course, then you may end up, no, 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 I think this is yeah. really important. Do and it. this is where I think people end up optimizing for, mm -hmm. let's take money, it's far easier to, people will get it when I say money. Like if you're optimizing your life for money, we both know, fool's errand. Even yep. if you get it, you're gonna end up being like, oh, I didn't want this. So, or it did not give me the thing I thought it was going to give me. So the, my favorite story to tell people about money is, oh, the way that I got rich was selling a piece of my company. So you go from normal bank account to commas and zeros everywhere, yeah. literally in an instant. Yeah. You refresh on your bank and boom, it's there. Yeah. And I, it was wonderful. Now I had already learned my lesson about money, but the hilarious thing was when it hit and I had all the money suddenly, I was like, oh, wow, it's interesting. I still have all the same insecurities that I had 90 seconds ago. So money is not going to change how you feel about yourself, but how you feel about yourself is everything. And so what the, the only thing that I think is inarguable, and I'm very open, look, I, I've been wrong before. I've been confident and wrong before. So <laughs> it is very possible I am confident and wrong right now, but I don't think so. I think the only thing that is going to be universal is if you optimize to increase human flourishing. So every choice that you get, because choice is, is um, it's amoral. You, you could have a choice. I could kill that person and get away with it. Okay, that's an additional choice. I don't advise it because evolution has given us minds in a certain way. And unless you're a sociopath, I think it's really gonna mess with you to kill somebody for no reason whatsoever or to kill something and get what was there. Oh God. So I would say the only way to think about it is you're optimizing for human flourishing and choice is one of the things that will help you be able to navigate those paths well, but you can have choice and make all of the wrong ones and end up in a position where, yes, you can now back out of it and thank God. So we're grateful that you have choice, but you, by just pursuing choice, there's a you word end up at the right in choice. all of these pillars on the way to choice and this discipline. Okay. It takes discipline to go to the gym. Yep. It takes discipline to get up and go to work again after you've mm -hmm. been punched in the face. It takes discipline to show up. It might even take discipline in a meeting for you to hold your tongue. Right. And so choice plus discipline is going to be ideal, but it's ultimately choice. And if you have the discipline to get yourself out of a bad position or to not make bad decisions, then that choice can never hurt you. Would you add something to choice and discipline? Uh, is there, is there a better North star? Cause I'm here to learn too. I don't know everything. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that I know I'm sitting in front of a smart guy, Tom. Yeah, so I mean, spend a lot of time thinking about that. Yeah. So I, I look, we both know that you have to run everything against real life. 
And so I have no interest in having philosophies that when deployed are useless. So the way that I see it is you have put your finger on something incredibly important. This is why I want to make sure we're not arguing about like, right, yeah, so what my it. wife and I call arguing about the tea versus the real thing. Yeah. So the biggest fight my wife and I ever got into was over a cup of tea. And about two hours into a screaming match, I realized there's no way this is about the tea. There's just no way. Right. And so finally I was just, I was like, what are we really arguing about here? So you have laid out some things on the table and I want to make sure you hear and that everybody listening here is, I think choice is a good thing. It's very powerful. Right. I want to make sure that people understand that there are going to be a few things in their life that will be incredibly important to have. Now, I would say without discipline, you will never have choice. Exactly. So discipline, hugely important, already more important than choice because discipline is the foundational thing. Of choice of every pillar to yeah, get choice. It, it yeah, it will give you many things, including choice. So you have discipline, which is uh, necessary but not sufficient for choice. So discipline, we have choice, choice is amazing, but those are both things that we leverage, in my opinion, to get to a neurochemical state. Now, it is very important to understand one thing about me, that I am a physicalist. I believe everything comes down to your brain. I don't think there's anything spiritual. I don't think you have a soul. I think if I drive a three-foot tamping rod through your head, it will change you forever. True story. Look him up. His name is Phineas Gage. And it's just, that just is. And so even if this is all simulation, which anybody that follows me knows, yeah, (laughs) really might be, uh, the simulation works in a certain way. And so there is still cause and effect within the simulation. So I believe that we are entirely tied to our biology and that you have nothing without biology, which is why I was saying, I think I'm a hyper responder to oxytocin and vasopressin, which is why it's easy for me to have a 21 year marriage. Other people may struggle and maybe they're just dopamine freaks. And so they have to fuck everything that moves because it's the only thing that gives them that dopamine rush. So it's like, know thyself. I'm not even passing judgment. I don't care. Just like I'm aiming towards one thing, human flourishing. That's it. Now I think that evolution has just made it true that human flourishing is, there are outliers, everything's a bell curve, but there's a big, like when we talk about the center, that center is, follows a recipe that I will say is fulfillment. And that recipe is very simple. You must, every word I'm going to say is non-negotiable. You must work hard to garner a set of skills that allow you to serve not only yourself, but other people in a way that you find exciting. And if you do that, and you are making progress towards getting better at helping people at something that you're excited about and you're serving yourself as well as others, you will, even in moments of grief, you will have fulfillment. You won't always have happiness that's super transient and nobody is happy in the middle of grief, but you can be fulfilled in the middle of grief. And the reason that that recipe to me is just, it is non-negotiable is because nature had to make sure that as it cobbled you together from a bunch of competing cells, that you would ultimately stay alive long enough to have kids that have kids. That's it. That's all nature is trying to do. And since nature only has two levers, pleasure and pain, it starts yanking the fuck out of those two Uh levers to make sure that you do all the behaviors that you need to do in order to have kids that have kids. So don't you feel like that's our basic desire to have the choice to be able to do the things that you just said? I do. I, I, don't, I, I, have I, don't, no I don't intrinsically find it to be different. The only issue I have is I think if you optimize as choice is the end product, it, it will lead to suboptimal outcomes. It doesn't necessarily and you lead to the, fulfillment. And do you think that the proper answer is to optimize yourself, like optimize your body 
in your mind. And I think you're optimizing your biology. So right. you, so for me, everything can work back from fulfillment. So you have a, um, you have algorithms running in your mind, right? And those algorithms make you value certain things. And one of them is for whatever reason. And I'm guessing there's just probably some relatively self-evident things around being strong or capable or whatever, healthy. Maybe it's that simple. That when you get in shape, and guys, I will say this for you for sure, as you get strong and look aesthetically pleasing, you will feel awesome about yourself. And if I lost everything tomorrow and my wife, let's say, left me, step one, get ridiculously jacked. It's just, I know that the biggest breakthrough in business for me was changing my physique. Right. I'm much I smaller always, now than I used I to be. I always say that. I completely agree with you. 100%. Proceed. So, but that's, Your mind's better everything. For sure. To me, that's all algorithm running. It, it just is. There's no way to escape it. It also, I believe that we put energies off. What does that mean? So I, you know how like the body's like an electrical system. I'm mm -hmm. sure you know this, right? Or do you disagree? I don't disagree, but now you're treading on where listen. This I'll is not my woo woo. This is not my subject, but I do I do believe that when you walk in a room and you're and you're confident and you stand tall and you believe in yourself, mm -hmm. that that energy does come off of you. Yes, I don't. I don't know that it matters. I totally agree that we send signals and I totally agree the other person can right. read those signals, whether right. they're energetic or just the brain yeah, knowing how to read other people, is, yeah. irrelevant. Primer or whatever. But, so yeah. do you think that choice falls second to optimizing? Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I've never thought about where choice specifically ranks. All I know is you're going to make choices. So good to have them in order to get to the point where you can optimize yourself. Now, for instance, if you were to strip away freedom, then you can't maneuver through your life to figure out the path that actually allows you the, the neurochemical state that I'm trying to help people get to, which is fulfillment. So it is a necessary but not sufficient piece of the puzzle. I believe that most all of humans, and I mean like a high, high percentage, 90 something percentile are good people, good people, like naturally. I think things happen to them in life where they get desperate and they do things that would reclassify them as bad, but they were actually just desperate. That said, I believe that most people would love nothing more than to put themselves in a position. Just like you said, all of our pillars are about the same till we get to the end. But I believe that most people are good people. So most people would choose to do fulfilling things. And I'll use me for an example. This is all very, very new to me. Two years ago, nobody knew who I was. I was just putting metal buildings up all over America and trying to buy real estate. I had mud on my hands, driving forklifts. Like I, you know, it was construction. But I finally got the business to a place after over a decade, 13 years, where I have a true management team and staff, all this other stuff. I could have done anything. This is by far the most fulfilling work I've ever done. And I don't think I'm particularly special for doing it. I think most people have given the opportunity to give back and feel like they're helping other people on a large scale would absolutely take that opportunity, regardless of 
whether it made their status go up or anything like that, I think they would do it. I really, really do. Most people don't have the discipline to work hard enough to put themselves in a position of choice to actually get that fulfillment done. I don't think we're far off outside the biochemistry stuff about, about how to get to fulfillment. Probably not. Um, so my, my concern is I think, do I think people are good? No, I don't think people are default anything. I think people are default survival machines and evolution has pleasure and pain and algorithms that it's honed over time that make us a very cooperative, loving species. And that is awesome. And I love people. And I think that they're amazing. But I think that Solzhenitsyn was right when he said the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man. I think that is. I agree. Facts. I agree with that. So we are capable of both good and evil. That's my true stance. Now, I think that people are also easily confused, myself included, by the way. I'd like I to add to what you just said. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to no, no, cut no. you off, but like we're here for you. you. You're right. It's, it's this divide between good and evil, right? And a young man that let's say he goes on the internet and he sees a bunch of guys saying work out, work your hardest, be honest, build a team of brothers, you know, do everything that you're supposed to do in life. I think more often than not, he finds himself on the side of choice and he chooses to be good instead of evil. I do think, I do think by and largely, I don't even think it's close. If, so they're not if you default were to take, good. They just, no, they're not default good, good choices. but if they, but if they do these things that we're, we're all trying to preach you included, I've heard, I've heard you say plenty of the things that I say. I don't think, I don't think there's a whole lot of new information out there about how to live a good life. Mm-hmm. It's if they take the initiative and have the discipline to build these pil- pillars in their life. If they all got to a position where they had choice, let's say you took a thousand men that don't did all of those things that you did, that maybe I did, that maybe some of these other people had done, I think they would choose the side of doing good things more than they would do evil just naturally because, it, because don't we run in packs? Don't we want to be a part of the group as humans? Yes. Right. So I, I'm not sure this will be fruitful, but it'll be fun. So okay, let's cool. go down let's this do road. It. Okay, so uh, one, I'm going to say something that I think you'll agree with so hard, you're going to get a leg cramp, Okay, cool. which is that if you want to, if you have somebody that just won't make change, their life is trash in every way possible, and you want to see them make change, uh, you kidnap them, you take them to a deserted island, and you stock that deserted island with people that they really respect that will make huge demands of them, and they either conform to that group and do the things to earn that group's respect or they remain an outcast, they will conform to the group and they will suddenly do all the things you would need to do uh, to earn those people's respect. Their life will turn around instantaneously. Cramp installed. Yep. So uh-huh. whenever whenever somebody uh, says, oh my God, I've got a 15 year old and I just cannot reach them. What do I do? I'm like, I'll tell you what'll work. You're not going to do it. So that that's just the brotherhood. It, right. It's going to work and it's going to work 100% of the time. Now, the problem becomes that humans are very good, very good at othering other people. And hey, evolution is just trying to keep you alive long enough to have kids that have kids. Now, if we want to get real ugly for a second and hey, why not? This is what I think is true. I think for a very long time, what ended up happening, and this is why we are going to talk about polygyny at some point. And here is why I'm super tense about, I think polygyny is a response 
to an economic situation where you end up getting men that are hyper successful, you have no middle class and women really are better off going with the, you know, 0.1% of men or whatever and being like the seventh wife. It really is better. It's a wiser strategy when yep. you're trying to make sure that your kids survive. I've argued the point. Proceed. Yep. So I get that. Now, the catch becomes that for a long time, what we would do when we had times of surplus men, as they call them, so you've got all these guys that can't get laid. No one's going to like to hear it said like that, but that's the truth. Right. And when young men can't get laid, they really become a problem. Yep. And so you would put them together into warring tribes. Let's call them Vikings. Yep. And you set them about uh, warring. And the whole point of war is to war brides. kidnap yep. women. And look, it's ugly, it's nasty. And that's why I say, I don't know, like internally their tribe would be like, oh my God, they're the most moral, just, incredible people. And then I'd be looking at them going, they have slaves. They just killed that woman's husband and took her back. That's horrendous. But their group would say they're amazing. So this is one where, again, I want to remind myself, everybody else can ignore me, but I'm going to remind myself, the line between good and evil runs through my heart. And if I am not constantly looking up at that North Star, what will accidentally become my North Star is everything good for me. And the problem is that if that doesn't reach a check somewhere, now you're going to have a problem. Do you and think so, those Vikings were bad people? Oh my God. Thank you for asking me a question that I have not thought through. Um, I think they did very bad things. I do not want future generations judging me. I only want people in my current moment judging me. Yes, I'm speaking to all the people tearing down the past right now. Uh, I don't think that's a wise or fair move. So I, I do not want to pass judgment from here, but I would not act like they act. I don't I think you had a choice. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to judge them. Because yeah, back you then, you wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Totally get it. Which Nature's is why metal. Very, yeah. say that again. Because for people that don't know what yeah. you mean by that, I think that's a very important point. Nature is metal, for sure. You follow that Instagram page? I do. Yeah, bro, it's badass. My it's boy. Gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So gnarly. Bro, but it it's a reality check. I yes. don't like those videos, but I'll watch that vi a video on that channel and be like, this is what the world is. And you can get mad or play ball. You know, and, and another thing that I, what's I, the gnarliest nature is metal post you've seen, bro. I saw this one of these two dogs, they got caught on this queen on the side of like a pond and there's a mm -hmm. crocodile at the bottom uh -huh. and they're just scrambling, trying to get up and he's just waiting. They didn't make it, bro. Oh, that's they so they slid down and they're just fighting to not slide down. Wow. Got him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But just like the Vikings, that crocodile is in a position of survival. And I think the humans are ultimately trying to live their life at the highest levels of, of survival in all realms. And I think every man is trying to do that. I don't, I don't particularly think the Vikings were bad people. I think that their back was against the wall and they had no options. And so they did it by force. Can I give you a slight variation on that theme? Proceed. <sighs> nature is metal. The only rule of nature and we are animals. This is where if people are religious, they are not going to understand Bro. my take. But we are animals that crawled out of the primordial ooze and used intelligence as a way to become the most dominant predator the world has ever seen. Right. Um, but ultimately, the only rule of nature is 
the weak will do as the strong will do as they will and the weak will suffer as they must and that's it do you not think that's darwinism uh you could put that word to it sure i just think that that that's it like it just right you're going to survive or you're going to die. I have and things a, are trying to eat you and you're right. trying to eat things. And if you're good enough to yeah. kill them, then you get to. And if they're good enough to kill you, then they get to. Right. I say all the time, you know, like, like I love my country very much. I'm very patriotic. Like, I love America, especially because I was born in the 80s. You know, um, I truly believe that America is a bully. But if America was not bullying, we would be getting bullied by Russia or China. And, and I think that if China could take us over today. They would do it. And I think even in 2020, 2023, that's still a real thing. Nature is still metal right now. And like back to your, you, I know you're going to bring up polygyny later. Non-popular take, but in a lot of ways, that's Darwinism too. Not fair. Don't, I'm not saying I like it. I'm not even saying I promote it, but in a lot of ways it is. You yourself said that they could be the seventh wife, but probably would live a better life. I don't love that. I don't love that statement. I don't think it's wrong though. So what do we what, do? What would make it something that you would voluntarily opt out of? If they could get rid of social media and create scenarios where the temptation was not in everybody's face, I think that would be a really good start. I don't have a direct answer on how to voluntarily opt out because I understand what's in me and I understand what's in most men. And, but that's not uncontrollable. So this is, uh, I know yeah, this I think is it not being that, in your face is a big deal. Really? So, yeah. uh, Jay Waller, you have freakish amount of discipline. You know, you could set it aside if you wanted to and be faithful. I'll just speak from my own experience. Mm -hmm. I have a very high sex drive and I'm sure at times my wife feels that she suffers as a result, but that doesn't mean that I assess the situation and go, and look, I'm rich and I have a high sex drive. So I could go to my wife and say, Hey, look, I couldn't now because she's too successful in her own right. But back in the day, <laughs> hey, this is the way that it's going to be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, I think it's very straightforward to say, would have been like, get the fuck out of here. But right. let's just pretend that she rolled with it. Uh, I could go and do that. And I didn't. And I've heard you say a thousand times, hey, if guys don't want it, I'm not promoting this. If I'm guys not, don't want to do it, I like I totally it. get it. And you're not weak. You you have been very emotionally generous. So all I'm trying to to figure out, not again, I don't pass a moral judgment on it. Yeah, I, get I it. have a, a look at it from a societal yeah. lens where I'm like, look, you're making hay while the sun shines. You mm -hmm. find yourself in a situation where you can do this. But when you're pushed on this, you always give what I think is the worst argument ever from Jay Waller. I think knowing your own philosophy, I right. could give a better answer for why you do it. All right. Then what is my philosophy? And then what do you think is better? Okay. So your philosophy is the philosophy of choice. I have given myself all these options. I have these options. I really can give these women a better life. It is a very small price to pay for them to say, hey, you're going to be number two or number three. And nah, you're probably not going to go a lot deeper than that. I don't think. Uh, and so look, I'm going to make your life amazing and you're going to be way better off with me. And by the way, these are your words. It's not my life view. Proceed, but bro. That, you can't hurt my feelings. Bro. No, no, no. I'm not worried about hurting your feelings. Yeah. I, I'm talking to the audience. I want to make yeah, sure they yeah. understand I'm representing your, your view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they can, they can certainly 
be with another guy, but the odds of him cheating on them and just lying about it are yep. very, very high. Very high. Yep. Whereas you are going to be upfront. You're going to tell them this is the way that it is. I really hope that you want to be a part of this because I would really love to share this with you. If you don't want to be a part of this, I totally understand. Yes? Yes, but you are you are leaving one thing out and I've actually left this out too. Yep. Most of these women are bi. Okay. And I am screening for that. Yes. So there's there is a level of... Bonnie and Clyde accompaniment, uh, like I, it's a companionship, like helping find other women to be completely clear. Okay. So can yeah. I say it in another way? You guys sure, are sharing sure, sure, sure. a sexual experience mm-hmm. together. It's a shared thing. Yep. Love it the most. That I have no beef with. Right. But where, where I was going is that the argument that you always give publicly, sure. which what you just said is yeah. maybe a different orientation that's better. But uh, for me anyway, is that I can't control these urges. And so people always feel like this cognitive yeah, dissonance that, yeah. of here's this hyper-disciplined guy who's done yeah, all this shit I know, and sheet I know. metal and ah. And I, I should have, you know what? When I, when I was asked about discipline on that other podcast, I was so, dis- I, one thing I hate more than anything in the world is a judgmental Christian. I grew up in the South. I could not hear her. Because all I saw or all I could hear was her wagging her little Christian finger at me, knowing damn good and well she didn't get married until she was in her 30s, which means that more than likely she had sex before marriage as well. Like we're both sinners. And it, and I should have. Why de- do you care? Why do you care if a Christian judges you? Usually the I grew up in it. I grew up in it. So I grew do you up still in the feel de- lingering judgment from Christians from yourself. No, hmm. no, I feel completely free. That's why I'll come on a podcast and talk about then? it. Why I don't like, I don't like hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I, the, the one thing in this world I hate the most is hypocrisy. Okay. And it's been my experience with Christians, particularly growing up in South Louisiana, that they'll tell you one thing and do another. And then if they want something done, they will pick the Bible verse that fits the situation and hit you upside the head with it. It, I despise it. I truly do. Um, and I think a lot of Christians despise it. The, the Christians that that just want to go to church and want to have their relationship with God and their faith and they have other people judging them from this God complex that they have because they think they've read the scripture more than the next person or they think they are better in some way than the next person. So they cast stones down and they use the Bible as a sword to do it. I can't stand it. Truly. The best Christians I know are Christian. I know they're Christian and they don't talk about it much. It just comes off of them. They have that that Holy Spirit, that love in their heart, whatever that is that they have. And I really respect Christians that are that way. It's the ones that are judgmental and that want to make a scene about them being holier than thou and they're on some kind of religious pedestal that you're not. Those people can get fucked. That said, I should have responded. I'm, I have a ton of sexual discipline. You could put any of my friend's girl butt naked in my bed for a week. And I can tell you, I would not touch her. I also turned down quite a bit of married women on social media. It disgusts the shit out of me. Also, a lot of times Christians with their, with their Jesus background on their, on their Facebook timeline and then sliding in my DMS. I'm very aware of it. I have a hyper interesting view of hypergamy on my social media. Just because tell people that don't know what's hypergamy hypergamy is when a woman um, is looking out into the world. This is my definition. I've not, I don't have Webster's uh, uh, memorized when a woman is looking out into the world and looking for other partners that she could possibly be with. 
and putting out signals to see if she can, what they call monkey branch over to that next partner. So they have a foot in the boat and a foot out in hopes that they can jump on the other boat. And so, and typically hypergamy is tied to the idea of over or up. So they're dating. It's either over or up. And most oftentimes it's up. Mm. And, and again, I think that social media wrecks families for this reason, because Mm. back in the eighties, let's say you might see a beautiful woman or you might see a really handsome man as a woman. You saw him one time in a parking lot. He might live in that town with you and you might not see him for another 20 years. That's not in your face. When I bought that Lamborghini the other day, it went on my Facebook. Everybody's wife that, that is friends with me on Facebook saw that I bought a Lamborghini. Like, I'm not super like excited about that. I, it's not even the reason I posted it. But hypergamy is generally happening when all these other options are out there. And that woman says, okay, well, that is a better mate choice for me from a, a primal perspective. And so they make that attempt to make that move. And you see it quite a bit, especially with social media. Mm. It's interesting. So I look at from a social media perspective, and again, tying this back into the the whole thing that got me thinking yeah. about this is, so one, I do view it very differently. If you're talking about uh, my wife, girlfriend, um, whatever status, uh, we like to share this kind of sexual experience. No beef. Right. I, I, to be honest, I don't have a beef with any of it. People should live yeah, whatever no, life they want. What I worry about is that just like the, I don't think the damage is being created by social media per se. I think that what ends up happening is people have no demands are being made of them. We don't have a sense of what is the ideal. We have like flipped the idea of, oh, if you have an ideal, your idea would be that, I think, that women should have a low body count to use the common they phrase should. now. They should have a low body count. Okay. So and I disagree with you on social media. You think that social media creates I think that. social media wrecks it. I'll tell you why. If, and, and I hate, I'm not objectifying women, but let's say everybody knows the scale of one to 10, right? Mm-hmm. A man, attractiveness, attractiveness. A man will sleep with a substantially less attractive woman just to do it. And now that woman thinks that she deserves that level of man. So right. the guy that's really in that girl's league, she's saying, oh, I slept with that guy. And after the relationship happens, she settles. And then she's looking around still for other men. I think that if anybody gets married, you get off social media or have one together. Truly. Interesting. I do. That's That strikes me as an... Uh, like insecure, unusual. right? Not insecure. Yeah. Untrusting. It feels like you right. feel that people are trapped by their nature no. and that they cannot be trusted with their impulses. Not so much. I don't think you should put your partner in that position. Like what I position? trust the, I, tr- I trust the locks on my F-150. Mm-hmm. I don't put it in a bad neighborhood. So why put her in that position of temptation? Interesting. Uh, okay. So I see that ve- my experience has led me to see that very differently but maybe I am from a charmed time. I will not deny that there are, uh, when I hear, so I have employees that are much, much younger than me. Yeah. And I see them having to deal with hinge and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, wow, this really is very different. Uh, And certainly the apps create pathology around a, what I think is the broader problem. So I think that what we have is is the confluence of everything that allows people to want it all and want it now, mm-hmm. and nobody checks them. And so the thing I think we have is 
again, there's no lions. And so since nobody's being eaten alive and there's no just like, hey, you can't act like that, moron. You're going to get eaten. So get your ass inside. There's no being outside after dark. Why? Because you'll be eaten, right? So once all that goes away, it's like, well, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? And so any one micro thing does not seem like a problem. But then all of a sudden we have strayed so far from the evolutionary truth of the algorithms running in our mind, which will lead to fulfillment that now all of a sudden... I don't have a beef with how anybody lives their life, but I see people living their lives in a way that does not lead to fulfillment. So I'm just like, hey, from my vantage point, you have too many choices and you're making a lot of dumb ones because you're not acknowledging that running in your brain are evolutionarily planted algorithms that demand you behave in a certain way. And the second you deviate from that, it won't feel good in and of itself. It does not matter what the world tells you. The world can celebrate you all day long for uh, being morbidly obese and you go girl and whatever. I promise running in your mind is an algorithm. It's like, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem because your body's not optimized to carry fat like that. It's not. So now you're just in a horrendous place. Fat is kicking off hormones like crazy. Your joints are deteriorating the whole nine. Like it is just a cascade of problems. So I don't care if society's like, this is amazing. The algorithms in your brain will tell you. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. And I'd also argue that long before they even get a chance at fulfillment, they're already suffering. What percentage of men are going without sex? Large. They're suffering. They're suffering anyway. They're making these bad decisions because they have too much choice, right? They got the video games and the porn and the sex dolls and all these different things they can do. I would argue that they're already suffering. Agreed. Yeah. Now, the only thing saving us from these young, these sexless young men going out and shooting up a whole bunch of stuff is that they have these whole incel communities where they kind of have like their own little brotherhood and this weird little thing on the side. And the fact that HD porn is like, think about porn like this. Like I'm not an advocate for porn, but the one thing porn did do is show the average man what a really beautiful woman looks like naked that they would have never seen otherwise. And now they're stuck to that. And they're in this whole incel world and they're sitting in video game chairs and they're, I think they're already paying for it. And they just don't know it. And I think the thing that's stopping them from being very violent is that they some have some kind of camaraderie because now the number of men that don't get attention from women that don't have a social life that are overweight, that don't really go outside is becoming so large that they're finding friendship in it somehow. And I do think that's sad. And I think it's multiplying. Okay. I don't know that we've wrapped this topic up sufficiently, but I do want to know. We were actually talking about discipline. Wow, is this where this all branched off? It branched off from discipline. And I have plenty of sexual discipline. Fascinating. Yes, yes. Wow, I have plenty. It's been a long journey. Uh, Okay, so if you have plenty of sexual discipline, um, as you rethink your answer, where do you land on, um, is is it just what, the way that I re encapsulated it. This is a fun thing. Look, I just, in that moment felt really judged by, uh, this. No, I didn't feel judged at all. I just directly don't like hypocritical Christians. Mm. I'm not confused about my answer. I have plenty of self-discipline. Okay. If I remember right, her question, which is, I'll ask the same question sincerely, but from a very different angle. I worry that uh, we have gotten to the point where uh, polygyny is becoming more common because we've hollowed out the middle class effectively. Uh, We have allowed and or encouraged men to be weak. And because we don't give them an idea, men or women, an ideal to strive towards that creates harmony between the sexes, we get this sort of very distorted, bizarre world that we're living in now, uh, which has a lot of negative knock-on effects. One of them is that 
men at the top are going to get all the women. That's right. Um, yeah. So is, is it really, it seems to me more that you do it because you can, not because you can't stop yourself. I do it because I enjoy it. A lot of people talk about like, oh, well, you must need the validation. No, I don't. You, you keep saying you have said in interviews, uh-huh. I'd pay $10 million to not have these urges. Yeah. No, I think I'd Why? make more money. Okay. I think I'd make more money maybe. But is the money at this point? I'm really, when really I say good? that, I'm really trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. I, I do it because I enjoy it. What's the point? The point is there was a time in my life where I really struggled with it. And Feeling I thought, guilty I thought it? I was broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no longer feel that way. I, I was trying to find ways to stop myself from feeling that way. You know what I felt like? I felt like I was going to have to come out of the closet. I, I swear to God, like I, I make this joke all the time. It's much easier for gay men than straight men that want to have a lot of sex because gay men, it's just accepted. Mm. I wanted to come out of the closet to everybody, to the world and be like, hey, guys, listen, I really like women and I'm going to sleep with a bunch of them. And I know you're going to hate me for it. And that's one of my biggest fears because I felt like I was going to get kicked out of the group, especially in South Louisiana. I had this girlfriend in college. She was getting ready for Miss America. She won Miss Louisiana. I was having these feelings and I was trying to fight them. And I remember going to church and I would pray and pray, God, please don't let me feel this way. Please, please, please. I'm making a mistake. But man, that volleyball team was looking at me hard, man. And that's what I wanted to do. It's really what I wanted to do. And I didn't, I didn't feel insecure. I didn't need to validate anything. I mean, it's like literally what I wanted to do. Mm. It's like when I drink, I don't drink because I'm sad. I drink because I want to have a good time with my friends, you know, and, and women have really been the same way. Women have been very good to me in my life. Um, I've had great relationships with them. I've liked them as people. You know, I don't particularly even like to sleep with a woman that I can't get along with or connect on some emotional, intellectual level. I'd say somewhere around 28 that happened. I enjoy it. I like it. They're beautiful. They add to life. You know, they are they are really literally the cherry on top of life. They're just wonderful people. I love women and I'm not sorry about that in any way. And I don't think I'm alone in feeling this way, but I think I'm one of very few men in the world that actually say it out loud and be judged for it and be patronized for it. And I don't care, Mm. you know, because I know that there's a bunch of men out there that have a bunch of love in their heart that want to love somebody that really just have, have affinity for women. And it doesn't, I can only love one woman at one time. Like I love the mother of my children more than anything on this fucking planet. I die for her. I really do. As long as I'd you also feel like appreciate that. if she bring home a blonde and she's down. So for me, I don't care what other people say about that because I have choice in my life. Mm. And that's why I always go back to choice because I trust myself to do the right things with my choice. I'm completely honest. I'm loving. I'm caring. I'll rub her back when she's pregnant, you know, like take care of her in every way, take care of my kids in every way. I would never stab a friend in the back when it comes to a woman. I have plenty of discipline on the subject. And so I'm at complete peace about it. What would you do if she said, hey, look, I'm all for it when we're together and we can share this experience, but I would very much not want you to do it without me. Would you adhere to that? No, no. But I also think as time goes and I get older, it's probably just going to chill out. It's just going to fizzle, you know? And do you see yourself being with her forever? Yeah. I'll I'll take care of her the rest of her life. She has my kids. But do you see yourself being with her? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're tight. We're best friends. We have conversations about this, you know? And do you like the idea of being, uh, you're not going to use the word married. I understand that, but 
permanently pair bonded. I don't know what the the normal nomenclature. As long as you're in love, man, it's a beautiful thing. But, love's real, bro. Yes. Like love's real. She has the power to hurt me. If she left me, it would hurt. I would feel it. I would be in deep pain. It wouldn't change my stance. I'd hold strong, but it it would it would be very painful. I always say I'd much rather get my ass whipped than have my heart broke. Because mm. it affects the business, it affects everything, you know. So um but no, I have no intentions of ever doing anything but taking care of that woman. And, be ha- and, and honestly, it's one of the driving factors in my life as far as work. I quite, quite enjoy it. There's nothing better than coming home and saying, hey, I got this handled, this handled, this handled. It makes you the hero. And I believe every man, no man wants a woman he can't save from a castle on a dragon. That girl is from a podunk town in Louisiana. Her dad still lives in a trailer. You know, and I take her all over the world. I give her, she lives in a humongous fucking house with beautiful kids, gets to raise them. And I go out and try to slay the dragons every day, buying property, building buildings all over the place, doing podcasts, doing stuff online, networking, everything. It's one of them. It's one of the most fulfilling things I do. Probably the most second to that is helping young men. If they don't want to take the same path as me, I'm completely okay with that. They're not less of a man. If they want to be monogamous for the rest of their life, I think as long as you have choice and you're doing what you truly, truly in your heart want to do, then I think you've succeeded. You included. So that's genuinely how I look at it. But as far as discipline goes, I've got plenty of it. I just am not playing the game. It's like if you were to tell me if we put a pizza down on this table. And you said, Justin, you're not disciplined. Why are you eating all this pizza? I'd be like, bro, I'm still going to have a six pack at the end of this pizza, bro. You're on a diet, not me. And that's how I feel about it. And what's funny is I say all this on the Internet. And it doesn't stop my Instagram inbox from filling up with women. I can't even answer the messages. So on some level, I believe that women don't even care as much as people think. Well, let me ask. So what do you think those women are after? I would assume knowing what I know about women, it's not just the sex. So are they hoping to become a permanent fixture in your life? Are they hoping that they can turn your head away from your girlfriend? What do you think they're after? I think all of the above. I think it depends on the woman. Uh, Some girlfriends are just trying to have my kids, you know, which is something really interesting. I noticed um, about your situation is that your wife didn't want to have kids, which was really surprising to me in that somehow that's okay with you. Uh, It surprises me because I just, I, I didn't say this to you earlier, but I super look up to you. You're a great man. Like quest. That's a big fucking deal, dude. Like you're somebody. Yeah. No, it's just true. It's actually, I'm not even being nice. It's just a matter of fact, true. And when I think about that, I'm like, bro, Tom, you like, what if he had sons? What would that legacy be? And when I see a guy like you not chase it, it makes me want to chase it even more. You know what I'm saying? It's good. And thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah. And I really <laughs> yeah. mean that. I know it sounds it super cheeky, yeah. uh, but I, I am really worried about population collapse and well, the that fact and, that we've chosen not to have kids. Bro, you know who's not having kids? The smart people. Yeah. The dumb people are having kids, bro. There's something in that statement, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there's something to the fact that the more you educate women, the fewer kids are born. Because they're growing so, phantom penises, bro. Growing phantom penises. Yes, they are. They're very masculine and it takes a super, super hyper masculine man to make them feel feminine. 
Okay, that was a hard turn. So, yeah. oh, I get that all the time. Let me reorient. So, yeah, what is the takeaway from that? That's why. So, my I feel like my women have this as you this, educate them. No, they I, have it's not the kids. education so much. It starts with the education, but then it turns into girl power and feminism and boss bitch stuff. Mm-hmm. When I think naturally, the natural state of a woman is to be a little bit more submissive, is to be in in not the leadership role, but the the helping the cause role. And I think most women ideally don't want to make all the decisions. Don't want to pick where dinner is. Don't want to make the hard business choices. They don't want to face the pressure and stress of work. There are outliers. Maybe your wife is one of them, but I think by and largely the average woman does not want that. They don't want that life. They're being forced into that life because men aren't showing up in the same way as they used to. And they have all this pressure from society to be a bad bitch. And so they end up growing what I like to call this phantom penis you know, where they're kind of more of a man than the guys that are trying to date them. And so we're in this weird paradox where men have to be super, super, super on top of their stuff to even get a woman to want to submit. Cause why would a woman want to take a risk on a man that she doesn't even know if he can handle it? Isn't that dangerous to her on a primal level? Yeah. I, and when I she makes more money than him and she has a higher prestigious position than him, and she's supposed to come home and they're going to supposed to be equal partners all of a sudden. I don't believe it. And I know it's not popular, but I just think on a very basic primal level, it's not true. It's not true. And, and it doesn't And look, I have very high level women that work for me making multiple six figures, big bonus checks. I mean, they one percenter, one of one of my women, the lady that runs my construction company, she is a one percenter. And she deserves every bit of it. And we couldn't make it without her. She's absolutely phenomenal. But she's also substantially older than me, grew up in a different generation. I don't think a woman can be a breadwinner today and there be that same sexual chemistry between her and her husband. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which, of course, are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. What's up, guys? If there's something going on with your body that you just can't quite figure out what it's coming from, I'm going to bet that the problem has something to do with your gut health. So what can you do to feel better? Well, everybody's body is different, and that's why our sponsor, Viome, uses an at-home gut intelligence test to analyze your microbiome. 
Then they provide you with a personalized pre and probiotic formula that can help restore balance to your body. They also recommend what foods you should eat and which ones you shouldn't eat based on your test results. I've had the founder of Viome, Naveen Jain, on the show several times, and he always has incredible updates about the science linking your microbiome to the rest of your health. And as you guys know, with everything that Lisa went through, we know firsthand that your gut health, if you fix that, you're going to solve so many other problems in your life. Go to tryviome.com slash impact and use code impact to get 20% off your first three months and free shipping. All right, that's T-R-Y-V-I-O-M-E.com slash impact with the code impact for 20% off your first three months and free shipping. 